Welcome to the Antioch Initiative Podcast, a podcast focused on the unreached of the world and topics related to seeing the unreached discipled in Christ's kingdom. In this episode, Nick Robertson connects with Will Jones, an evangelist on staff at the Emmanuel Christian Center and Awakening Ministries International. They discuss unity amidst racial tension and how to move forward together in the Great Commission. Hello, this is Nick with the Antioch Initiative podcast, and I'm privileged this afternoon uh, to be with Will Jones, who is an evangelist, uh, staff evangelist at Emmanuel Christian Center, and also has a really important role with the Great Commission. Uh, Will, it's great to be with you this afternoon. It's so awesome to be with you as well, Nick, and all your Antioch listeners. Hey, Will, you know, I've been talking to you over the past several weeks about uh, different things connected with the Great Commission. and. Would you be willing to share a little bit of your story, your background, uh, and Mm -hmm. how you came to be here, your staff Mm -hmm. evangelist here at Emmanuel, Mm -hmm. uh, Emmanuel Christian Center here in uh, the Minneapolis area? Would you share a little bit of your story? Yeah, yeah. So, again, Will Jones, and I'm privileged to lead an organization called AMI, which stands for Awakening Ministries International. And in short, what we do is it's a, a gospel proclamation ministry. We partner with the local church, work with the local church, in the local church, through the local church, for the local church. And so uh, we help to go to unreached areas around the world, partner with missionaries, national churches, and even local churches to build teams to mobilize toward short-term missions and give people an opportunity to experience the call of God on their life through that context. And so um, in addition to that, I serve also with uh, my church. I love uh, Emmanuel, uh, which is known as Emmanuel Christian Center. And I'm there, the staff evangelist. So that just includes some roles of the teaching team and some leadership things with our ELA Academy, which is a cohort with Southeastern University in Florida. And uh, yeah, just love what we're doing. And so, so excited to be on today. Wonderful. Well, well um, thanks for sharing that. And, you know, part of the context of being on the, context, on the podcast today has to do with a role that AGWM has asked you to, to serve in mm-hmm. um, recently. Would you share a little bit about that role? Yeah, you know, in addition to my duties at AMI and Emmanuel, um, I'm part of what's called one of our ethnic fellowships, which is a uh, ethnic fellowship within the Assemblies of God. It's, I think, over 22 different ethnicities that are represented through those fellowships, and I happen to serve on one. It's the Black Fellowship. It's been established for about 40 years now, and um, a part of that partnership, uh, the AGWM leadership began to see that our mission field population of missionaries didn't necessarily reflect the growing population of the Assemblies of God, which is somewhere between 42 and 45% non-white now. Right. So our leadership, and by the grace of God, has done a great job trying to diversify our fellowship, um, but still the mission field has a disparaging gap sure. of, you know, blacks represent roughly now uh, 11% of the Assemblies of God USA, right. um, but we're about 0.6% of missionaries uh, worldwide uh, within the AGWM. Uh, with that being said, I was brought on by the AGWM to help mobilize more churches uh, pastored either by blacks that, or had a predominant uh, percentage of blacks within them to be more missions minded, to help send more missionaries to the field and experience the call of God on their life. Sure. Well, I really appreciate your heart, you know, and mobilization, helping African-Americans um, be even more involved in the Great Commission because it's it's, a, it's so important. And um, what, but I know there's some unique challenges and, uh, and barriers that African-Americans face as they are looking um, to, to get overseas. And what are some, um, what are some of those unique challenges? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, one of, the, one of the biggest challenges is 
the the system of the assemblies of God as a whole. Um, you know, the AOG is a great fellowship. Um, and, you know, I would say it's probably, I'm a little biased now, but I would say it's probably the great, one of the strongest, if not the strongest missions org, you know, as a whole within the world, uh, just doing so many great things. But, you know, historically our movement was created by all white brethren and sisters. Um, and there was issues with segregation in the 50s, 60s, the laws that, you know, unfortunately the church didn't necessarily stand up for and, and be involved to keep unity within the body. So that caused some separatism and segregation. Sure. And so with that being said, one of the biggest issues now that we're facing to mobilize more black missionaries is trust. Mm. Um, trust looking at, okay, am I going to have to deny who I am in order to fit into this system or culture? Um, and so, you know, our leadership even has been having good conversations on this about what are those nuances of structure and systems and policies that weren't necessarily viewed as diverse mm -hmm. uh, in its making that we may have to consider changing now in the sense to mobilize not just more blacks, but more even other ethnicities. Sure. So that's one of the major things is trust. Another thing is the socioeconomics um, in that, you know, historically, uh, the black race or the black ethnic group, I would say, has been usually put down at one of the lowest class of our society. And so with that being said, uh, there's a mindset that has gone with that. Hmm. Uh, there's a mindset that, that that's very poverty mindset. Um, am I able to do this? Am I able to get out of this? And so with that kind of, I would say, top down oppression to keep a group of people in a place and, and pre prevent them from rising, there's some challenges within that nuance. And so um, socioeconomics of raising money, right? How, can I ever raise $3,000 a month? You know, obviously God will help us, yes. But do I even have a network to do that? Right. Do I have the people and the relationships to do that? Um, and so that's another big issue, not only trust, but socioeconomically. And so I would say those are some of the two top issues that we're finding out. And then a third one I would give is the missiological uh, component of the church being predominantly black. Because of separatism, because of segregation years ago, blacks began to focus more on cities, mm -hmm. on cities in America. Um, that's where you've seen all these organizations started, National Baptist, Anabaptist, Missionary Baptist, Pentecost, all these different organizations that were ran and led by black leaders um, began to separate themselves as well. And so, therefore, missiologically, they view the city as their mission field and not the world. Uh, and so there's a there's a challenge there to now educate our brethren as to the whole gospel in the whole world. Sure. No, that's really good. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, I know that there after um, you know, African-Americans, black Americans are, you know, they're ready to go. They raise funds. They're all approved and everything and they get overseas. Their challenge is there also with assimilating into existing teams, mm -hmm. just like anybody else. I mean, everybody faces mm -hmm. challenges, mm -hmm. but maybe there are some unique challenges, I would mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. or, and, and, and maybe maybe if you'd be willing to share just what are some ways that existing teams mm -hmm. could be helpful? Yeah, no, I say. think this is going to be a major component to mobilizing, particularly the ethnic group of black Americans, because, again, system historically and systemically, the, a, the AG, our fellowship, has been uh, predominantly white. 
And so with that, teams have a culture. Sure. And even with those coaches, like you were saying, Nick, you can have a guy come from the south right. and the north or the east and the west, and they're two different cultures. Oh, yeah. But they have one thing in common that they look alike, in a sense, if they're all white, if they are sure. Anglo. Um, where a Hispanic or a black, man, even them being on the field is, is, is a miracle in itself because sure. of how our country has been ran, how missions has been, mm-hmm. you know, knowing, again, historically, missions has been predominantly, you know, our Anglo brothers and sisters going versus many different ethnicities. And so with that being said, some of the teams that are receiving, you know, blacks, Hispanic, Asian on a team that doesn't look like them, that's going to take another level of, uh, I would call it racial sensitivity sure. or ethnic sensitivity, right? Um, cultural sensitivity um, as to who they are not just how they look, but mm-hmm. who they are. That's going to take some uh, digging of what we would call our implicit biases that we may have, right? The associations, I may see a black guy or a, a, a Hispanic person, and because I see them, do they are they the lowest person serving at that, at that job or are they a criminal because of what media has told me? So there's some implicit biases that we have to allow the Holy Spirit to dig out of our hearts because whenever you're having different people come together, uh, for one purpose, but they're from different backgrounds. There's always tension there. Sure. And so not, I would say, avoiding having healthy conversations around that is, is a bigger problem than just what mo- what many people think it is. We can't avoid these conversations. So if I come on your team and I'm a right. black guy, I'm going to be asking questions. Sure. And I hope that you would be asking me questions that sure. would be real and helping us to bond together, yeah, come so, closer together. So it sounds like communication. Yeah, a lot of communication, huge. a lot of sensitivity, right. and a lot of humility. Sure. I think the humility is huge because what I found, and this is even stories from some of our missionaries, sure. that many of them have felt and heard that, man, I didn't even know uh, we we that blacks were being called to the mission field. Just a comment like that. like Or... A comment like, uh, you know, the best thing I, I think that happened in uh, one country in East Africa is colonization. This crazy comments like that. And it's like, well, that's not sensitive. Sure. <laughs> and you're talking to an, a, a, a black person. Sure. It's not sensitive. So humility, sensitivity and intentionality are going to be so huge for those teams and to, to deal with their implicit biases and associations that may not be godly that will lead us to prejudgment people that we shouldn't and so those are going to be very helpful aspects for teams to receive others that would make their teams diverse and more kingdom-like that's good wow thank you wow um well um you know you have um interacted with a good number of missionaries you've been overseas and um you've been interacting with some live dead teams i know and uh would you have just any further words of encouragement, exhortation, just for those, all of us who, who want to be a part of the Unreached and help mobilizing African-Americans, but just any further thoughts or yeah, suggestions? Yeah. I would say in this season, you know, we, we can't be oblivious to the fact that, you know, uh, you know, that the, that the black lives are on fire, I would say. Sure. <laughs> it's like the analogy of uh, you look at a, a neighborhood, you see a house. It's on fire. You have other people coming out looking at that house and they're screaming, hey, what about our house? We need water, too. Well, it's like your house isn't on fire right now. <laughs> sure. When it is, we'll come back to it. But that house is on fire. And this whole issue of, of, of race that's been in our country for years has been happening. And I think it's it's been the it's right now we're seeing even more symptoms or fruit of the root 
in mm. our country. Sure. Uh, and so with that being said, it's a great time and opportunity for our brothers and sisters across all ethnic lines to make sure we're sensitive to what's happening in this particular group of people. Sure. Like if it would be even the unborn, sure. right? Or it would be the Jews during Holocaust. Like during this time, we've got to be sensitive. And so things that I've been helping people to understand is we got to love people unconditionally. Sure. That just comes without bias. As much as possible, that just comes without bias. I'm going to just love you for who you are because you're made in the image of God. Yeah. The, all, the other thing I've been helping people to understand is that we've got to be able to lament with each other. Sure. Uh, mourning is, is biblical, right? Sure. Um, and you don't have to necessarily experience primarily what someone else did in order to mourn with them. Um, you can you can mourn and you can lament with our brothers and sisters who are of sure. that particular ethnic group and others who may not be believers. The other thing I would say uh, after you love and lament is we have to learn to listen. Sure. Uh, that, that listening without a posture of defensiveness Listening without a posture of, well, I I don't agree with you. Well, right. it doesn't matter if you don't agree. It's just it just pays to listen, right? Sure. You know sure. that as being a married man. You know when your wife says, "Hey, can I talk to you?" She doesn't want your feedback. <laughs> right. She don't want your your. She don't want solution. Yeah, she don't want solution. <laughs> she just want you to listen, right? right? And so that's a posture that I think all of us as brothers and sister, Anglo, Hispanic, whatever it is have to take in this season as we listen to more of our black brothers and sisters so love listen lament and then the other thing i would say is learn sure this is the time to learn you listen you learn best through listening a lot of times and then some people learn best through through hands-on practicality but we all have to listen to be a part of the learning process and so this is a time to listen lean in ask some questions uh ask tough questions ask questions that you feel like you don't really know that are uncomfortable for you and you may get a bad response, but it's better than nothing. Mm -hmm. um, and so really lean in and learn in this season. And lastly, I would say this is kind of the fifth point that I always give is lead, lead together. Um, once I've loved you unconditionally, once I've cried with you and entered into your experience the best that I have that, that I can. Uh, once I've uh, listened to you, once I'm learning from you, man, now I can lead with you. Let's go do this together. Yeah. So that's just the practical e exhortation that I would be giving anybody in this season that's wondering how is this season in our country going to affect the church? The enemy wants to divide it yeah. as he's already been doing. Sure. But Christ, we know through the bond of the spirit and the unity uh, that brings us unity uh, together. And so those are the things that I would say if we could just posture ourselves in that way to be a loving person, to be a lamentful person, to be a listening person, to be a learning person and to lead with our brothers and sisters in this season. That's going to be a great aspect to the whole gospel going to the whole world, including all people. That's awesome. Wow. Will, I really want to say thank you for uh, sharing and uh, giving us a good, really good insight here. And uh, I appreciate it. I just want to say on behalf of, um, well, of Antioch, I'll just say that thanks for all you're doing to mobilize and uh, especially African-Americans. And it's exciting. Um, we're just believing for many more people to be sent and to be used of God all around the world. So. Yeah. And Nick, I want to just thank you and, uh, you know, the podcast, the Antioch. Uh, initiative here and all those that you're connected with and I just implore you like man we need your help we can't do it without you we need the resources we need the connections we need the relationships because we're all in it together and so anyone you know that's interested I mean, it could be college students wanting to intern wanting to get some volunteer hours wanting to learn like send them our way man we'd love okay. to help them and help them plug in and just learn more about what's happening to advance the gospel amen thank you so much god bless